Hello, and welcome to Stasis Pod, the first episode of 2018. This is the Transformers Animated Podcast, and I'm Rob. I'm Jen. And I'm David. Oh, yeah, and it's the anniversary, was it, a while ago of Animated? Oh, oh that's right, yes. Ten years old now? Yes, we're, we're all ancient. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. I mean, you two more yeah. than me, but... uh but, I mean, but also me, but especially you two. I remember the 10th anniversary of Transformers the movie. Um, I mean, I guess I theoretically remember that, but I was like nine. <laughs> I was paying attention then. Hmm. I was in the fandom then. <laughs> I'm just gonna go walk off into the forest like old people did when they didn't want to be a burden anymore in the middle of winter. Uh, and today's episode, you know, you guys had your episodes fully, fully, fully your anime references and such. And this time, it is my time to shine because we are talking '80s, '90s action movies with Decepticon <laughs> Air. Yay! Okay, I give them full points for this title. And baby, you would take away everything, <laughs> really, my life. And I've, I've tell been... me now, how do I live without you? <laughs> I want to know, how do okay. I breathe without you? If okay, you but... ever go, how do I ever, ever Co- Copyright, not, I don't know. Well, considering how long of songs I tend to leave in. But, uh, yeah. I guess this is now the movie pop music. Podcast. A uh, little, little Leanne rhymes for you all. Uh, oh, is that sure? That was? that was, I think I, it was like, there was her and maybe Trisha Yearwood or Carrie Underwood. There were two of them and they ended up using the one in the movie and the other one was offended. <laughs> oh. And it's weird because it's not really a movie that would have a country song in it if it weren't for uh, Nicolas Cage inexplicably having like a, like a, like an Elvis accent throughout the entire movie. Huh. Yeah. I didn't realize that was officially country because it just got played on all the pop stations. I mean, it, I, I mean, for all I, that I listen to pop reason. stations, when I that think came there was out, a pop version and a country version. Oh. Hmm. But, uh, yeah, Con Air, that is a fantastically dumb action movie. Oh, yeah. And uh, this episode takes a bit of the plot from that, and also uh, a, a heaping helping of Die Hard. Well, what doesn't yes. take from Die Hard? This first aired May 2nd, 2009, uh, written by Michael Ryan, who previously wrote several episodes of Animated, uh, most recently one-third of Transwarped. Hmm. He's the guy who wrote all the Headmaster episodes. Oh, okay. I'll allow it. Did he write, did he write the previous Swindle episode? Uh, I don't think he did. Let's see. Uh, no, he did not. Uh, he did write Auto Boot Camp, 
but not uh, SUV Society of Ultimate Villainy. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. So it's not like Headmaster where only one person ever writes this character. No, somebody else got to dig into their big bag of infomercial jokes. You know why? <laughs> That's because Swindle is amazing. He is amazing. He's the only character who truly rose beyond his combiner member origins to become a fully-fledged person of his own. Yeah, it's kind of him and uh, Dead End occasionally as well. Occasionally, but really not nearly so much. Breakdown, kind of, but it's a different breakdown. Yeah, I mean, Breakdown mostly shares his color scheme and name with the other breakdowns. Whereas typically a swindle will have some sort of swindling personality. Yes. Swindle has to have some kind of swindling personality. (laughs) So we begin on Earth, and Professor Sumdeck and Bulkhead, after several episodes of working on it, have finally built that space bridge. (gasps) Yay! But it's not 100% working, and they're having like a big nerd fight over it. Yes, they're being so mean to each other. Yeah, worse just, than the previous times when they were arguing about science. Also, at the beginning, I would just like to point out that there's just random raven sounds in the background, which I notice as the local Corvid enthusiast. Oh. Yeah, I don't... Oh, I, sorry, I was about to say, uh, I thought you said Corvette enthusiast, and I was going to tell you that I don't think Trax is in this episode. Well, I mean, also, I am the local Corvette enthusiast due to that being the alt mode of my teenage OC. <laughs> Actually, I was incorrect. Trax is in this episode. Yes. No, he's... Oh, is he? Say. Okay, because he is definitely in the next episode. Yes, uh, he's, he's like in that giant crowd scene at the end, which we will get to. Where everybody okay. is. Starring everybody and me. <laughs> and Grandis. Yes. So they're arguing with the other, and Sari, who is just kind of hanging around, because she's also on this show, uh, keeps telling them that, you know, she can help. They are understandably skeptical about this, given that she is still kind of a child, and one who is largely educated by TutorBot. (laughs) I mean, yeah. But indeed, she, uh, she does. Well, they are arguing, she, uh... Whips out her Alex Milne hands. <laughs> yes. They they point out that she de- she can't help because she doesn't have her key anymore. But she basically is her key now. So like, you know, that's pretty. Alex kind of Milne thing. hands. Like he kind yeah, of has they're like, all, distinctive like super feet. detailed. They're Ghost in the Shell hands. Oh. I, I haven't you seen split that. apart, and you can reach all the keys with your fingers because you have umpteen fingers now. Okay, I mean, I, I will take that. That's probably more likely to be. I mean, obviously that is because Alex Milne was, I think, not maybe not doing stuff for Transformers during this time. I think he had just started. No, he had done. Oh wait, he was actually doing a bunch of like the movie tie-in stuff. I was going to say, yeah, because... Well, he was also he Pat was, Lee at the uh, time. At the tail end of Dreamwave. Yes. Mm-hmm. He was occasionally being credited as Pat Lee in Dreamwave. Oh, right. Credited at, but not paid for being yeah. Pat Lee. Yeah. Yeah, Pat Lee was a bad person. Yes, he was. And presumably still is. Yeah, just, you know, far away from... 
No, didn't he do some, like... I don't know. I swear he did some comics thing recently. I vaguely yeah. recall him coming up. No, it was up. a few years ago. There was, like, a Chinese comic or something. Oh, right. Oh, I thought he did something for Marvel not that long ago. Oh, jeez, I hope not. I'm trying to think. Nothing is coming to mind. I know he did... I know he did that, um, like, Fantastic Four X-Men miniseries. Yeah, that was... That was longer ago than I'm thinking. And I think I, that I might have been Alex Milton. <laughs> like, Alex Milton pretending to be Padley. That is possible. But yeah, I think it was something Chinese. Like, maybe something to tie in with an MMO or something. Ah, uh, MMOs. <laughs> says the local MMO addict. <laughs> going to pretend that I totally have no knowledge of MMOs. <laughs> I, st- I still uh, halfway pronounce them as moos. <laughs> well, it's m- oh. Moes. Moes. I had a, a friend who is a, a fandom person, so I will leave them unnamed, who approached me a few years back concerned that a brother of theirs was getting a little too heavily into MMOs, and they were, like, asking for advice, and I was like, I can't tell you how to get out of that stuff. I'm like, it's like asking your heroin dealer for <laughs> advice on on your, your brother's addiction. It's, I'm not, I can't help. Anyway. Yeah, anyway, her, her ghost in the shell hands get it done, and uh, this thing uh, springs to life. And she just, yeah, she just knows stuff mysteriously. Oh, I know kung fu. <laughs> Meanwhile, as long as in this space, doesn't involve eventually uh, dating multiple men. Oh, I was about okay. to make the multiple man joke. <laughs> about to make the Layla Miller Do joke. What? Oh no, man. That, that's so weird <laughs> to me because I I only know uh, Layla as the grown up version from what little I read of the X Factor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So her backstory is creepy and confusing. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. What, I mean, why it's is time- that a thing that keeps coming up in comic books? I mean, the Green Lanterns did that too. I mean, I think it's less weird with the Green Lantern because she did act, like with Layla Miller. She did actually live all of that time. Yes, yeah. she did. She wasn't just like, like sorry, suddenly a grown up. She. Just, you know, lived all that time in a horrible dystopian future and then came back to the past. Yes. So it's slightly less gross. Yes. Mm. Slightly. Anyway, meanwhile, in space, we're on the, uh, the, uh, we're on the elite guard ship. Sentinel Prime is interrogating his, uh, prisoners, which, uh, we've got Lugnut, we've got, uh, we've got Blitzwing. We've got uh, Ramjet, the liar Starscream, and Sunstorm, the sycophantic Starscream. <laughs> and we've also got Swindle, who has been stuck in vehicle mode since Season 2, and is obviously uncommunicative. Yeah. What? Why are they yeah, outside he's... of their cells while he's I- interrogating them? I mean, I guess it's maybe the cells are soundproofed, or... That would probably be a smart thing to do. Because they've well, all got no, these sort of like not, little muzzles on. What we see later in the episode, we know they're not soundproofed. 
Oh, right. Yeah. I don't know. Sentinel Prime just really likes that personal touch of berating people in person. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he does. He's, he's inches away from, like, starting torturing them. Yeah, I I gotta say, I kind of preferred it when Sentinel Prime was just kind of like a good guy, but just a dickish one, as yeah, opposed to more of a fascist is... here. Yeah. Well, you know, he is definitely on the road to fascism. Yeah, I, I liked him more as like the your U.S. agent type. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it's it's not working, and. So he just goes back to the bridge. Uh, he gets a call from Cybertron. It is Perceptor, Alpha Trion, and Cliffjumper. And they're going to tell everybody that Ultra Magnus is all messed up. Also, Perceptor, and I don't, I know I didn't, didn't tell this particular story back when he was earlier in the, in the show. But Perceptor talking just really reminds me of this time when some friends and I would just feed some like bad fan fiction into like Microsoft's voice <laughs> generation software and it really just <laughs> resulted in things like ha 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 coming out as ha 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 <laughs> which I sort of expected Perceptor to start doing because he is like Sentinel Prime and it's it's very awkward uh, how you know that the, the limitations of that I mean I'm not saying it's a a bad decision on the part of the show, but yeah, he's definitely some some pronunciation is very awkward. Yes, well, for I... being generated like that. Mm-hmm. So Sentinel, you know, he says, you know, you can't tell everybody that because I am technically in charge now. And Alpha Trion's all, uh, uh, we we really don't care. <laughs> And also, Sentinel also, he wants points to... out that that he's the one who captured all those Decepticons, and Cliff Jumper is just like, I thought that was Prowl. Yeah. <laughs> and is this the first time that Alpha Trion uh, speaks? I don't remember. Anyway, I think he, he might is... have had one line. But... Okay. Anyway, he's he's Phil Lamar, and he's apparently the head of the uh, like civilian guilds on on uh, Cybertron. Ooh. Very. I don't know. I mean, fantasy. We... It's interesting because we don't get a lot of, like, Autobot civilians. No, well, at the end of this episode, but aside from that. Well, at the end of this episode, but I mean, in general, they are not typically important. I mean, I guess, um, uh, Metalhawk had that role in the comics for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Before he got murdered. <laughs> well, you know, murder. Ah. Uh. Maybe exactly. that's why they don't have civilians often, because they tend to get murdered. I mean, Alpha Tron is also a guy who ends up dying a lot. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. That's usually because he's old. Yes. He usually just keels over from old age. Oh, is this the part where Sentinel starts telling people to call him Sir? Yes. He, well, he's just, he, you know, they hang up on him, and they're going to just tell people no matter what. Because... He's mean to Jazz about it. Yes, he, he really wants Jazz to call to him jazz. Sir at all times. And they're going to take a shortcut through an energy cloud uh, because that's how they'll get to Energon faster. Or sorry, to Cybertron faster. And uh even though that's obviously not a good idea. Like, never fly through a weird space thing. Yeah, that never... I mean, unless you're the Starship Enterprise flying in there to shake off, like... 
Khan or something. That that's oh, the, never... the Mutara Nebula. Yeah, something like that. I mean, if you you know, best case scenario, you get powers. like right. you know, best case scenario, you get stretchy powers or invisibility powers or fire powers. Worst case scenario, uh, orange rocks. <laughs> Man, I hate it when that happens. Is firepower really that great? I mean, the I mean, he can nice, just. But... I mean, he can turn it off, and then he's just you know, handsome Johnny Storm. Well, yeah, but but you've seen that episode of Venture Brothers, haven't you? <laughs> well, I mean, obviously that's all worst case scenarios, with the exception of uh, Stephen Colbert. Yes. Yeah. Because otherwise, you've got the human callus, the guy who's always on fire, and the woman with... when exposed to oxygen. Yes, and the woman with invisible skin. Yes. <laughs> uh, that's that's a nude scene we didn't need to see, Jackson Public. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, no, I, I think that was a case of the foreign animators doing it, and, and they were like, "No, we do not need that. Why is it so detailed?" <laughs> uh, so, uh, sadly, this does not give anybody Fantastic Four powers. But it does, well, it does jolt, uh, Swindle out of Stasis Lock. And obviously because he's just stuck as a car, they didn't bother, uh, locking him up or even putting like a Denver boot on him or anything. <laughs> Although it would be great if he was just spending the whole episode driving around like that, like on that one episode of The Simpsons. <laughs> yeah. Or he had a limp because it was stuck on his foot or something. Wait, where are tires on Swindle? Is one of them his feet, I think. I think so. Uh, he's got, or maybe those are the ones that end up on his back. I can't remember where they usually put the boot. Uh, probably the front tire. Yeah. Anyway, and, uh, of course this marks, uh, Sentinel Prime in this mistake as the Cole Mamini of this Con Air. Aha. <laughs> and it Take also, notes here. this also makes Swindle the John Malkovich. <laughs> that's fair that's fair although he escapes at the end spoilers so maybe he's also the Steve Buscemi yeah they, they kind of get combined and everybody else and, is just kind of Danny Trejo was Danny Trejo in that Danny Trejo's in that movie I yeah. think Lugnut might be the uh, the Ving Rhames uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Dave Chappelle's in there somewhere yeah but <laughs> nobody gets thrown out and, and dies in the middle I mean, I guess that's kind of the lug net, because he doesn't die, but he does, like, just get chucked out, and we don't see him again. Yeah. And there is no, um, there is no heroic prisoner on board, so we do not get a, uh, a Nicolas Cage. Aww. <laughs> that's a guy who surprisingly has not been in a Michael Bay Transformers movie. <laughs> yeah, that is surprising. He's worked with Michael wait. Bay before. Oh, yeah, with The Rock. The Rock. Oh. That... Yeah, Michael Bay, just, just get us some Nick Cage. Get Nick Cage <laughs> robot. Although I don't know who I would want him to play. I mean, I think Nick Cage is definitely like the, um, he, he's the government agent who has to deal with the, uh, with the Transformers. Yeah, that'd probably yes. be more fun. Anyway, so he, uh, we now, we learn that, uh, Swindle has, uh, a, a drawer of holding. <laughs> yes. yes, he has a Which tummy is... drawer that's more useful than a look. Um, ah, bulkhead. Yes, it's pretty great. He's just uh, pulling things out of it. It's a very, very good uh, 
source of, of visual gags. Yes, as they later explain, it is his, it is a transwarp gateway to his personal storage dimension. Yes. So it, it's literally a bag of holding that is just a drawer. Yes, and this is apparently, uh, judging by later interviews with Derek White, an indication that sent, that, uh, Swindle is an ex-Autobot. Aha! Uh-huh. Because the Autobots all sort of have superpowers like this. Oh, oh yeah. interesting. Kind of work. And that's also well, why he's also he... a small vehicle dude, so I always yes, kind of and he has the uh, he has the purple eyes. Mm-hmm. Whereas all of the Decepticons on this show have red eyes. Oh yeah. Huh. Well, hey. Yeah. You learn something new. That's right. Whereas the ex, whereas the, uh, whereas the weird Autobots, like, which basically just means, uh, Swindle and, uh, Wasp have purple eyes. Hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, what color are lockdowns? Lockdowns are red. Mm. Oh. So I'm not sure how that works with the theory. Cause I think we later established yeah. that lockdown is an ex-Autobot. <clears throat> yeah, he's definitely an ex-Autobot. I, I kind of feel like, Decepticons can't get away with behaving like that. <laughs> oh, with, uh, like, selling, being an the arms whole, dealer, you mean? The whole mercenary thing. Like, I feel like you're expected to do that stuff for free if you're actually a Decepticon. Yeah, it's kind of like being a Klingon. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, so he gets out, he's got all of their weapons, and because he can't tell... The uh, the clones apart. He gives them new hats. Yes, though I mean <laughs> their colors are significantly different, but maybe he's just not good at remembering that kind of. Maybe thing. he's colorblind. Oh, maybe he's like, he's like a cat. <sighs> yellow and white. It could be easy. Well, cats can sort of see some color. He's kind of got the cat eyes. Yeah, but but it's it's nice. Like it's it's a very Derek Wyatt thing. It's like we got to make him a little bit different. We need a conehead. Sadly, these don't turn out to have, like, powers or anything. They're just hats. But it does, I mean, okay, so Sunstorm ends up looking like Giaxis, basically. Yeah, it's kind of like an exaggerated Generation 1 Seeker head. Yes. And, uh, you know, the white one gets a cone head. He gets a cone head. I think it's got a little drill on the top. Yes! Yes. It's got a little drill on the top. So he can headbutt. So, uh... You know, they get out, he offers to uh, take payment. He doesn't, he's gonna do it without payment up front because Megatron's his best customer. Yes. And then he silences the whole thing with the Sonic Jammer 3000. Which he bought on the- <laughs> Oh yes, he goes into infomercial mode. Yes, which he bought on the, on the Cedic Planet Quintessa. Yes. Loves those Quintessons. <laughs> and he's just name dropping stuff all over this episode. I love that he's just name-dropping all the alien races he befriended. I mean, he did that in his first episode where he talked about uh, how well he got along with the Vok. Yes. <laughs> just hanging out with a bunch of flying Oingo Boingo skulls. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it's great. They're cool. But yes, and and to be fair, the Quintessons, even if you divorce them from having had any role in Transformers origin, they were a bunch of arm-stealing mercenaries. There was a whole episode about it. Oh, sure. Uh, what was that? A big broadcast of uh, 2006? 2006, yes. That's the one where they incite war on a planet of cat people and dog people. Yes. Oh, yeah. And then I think there's also one, uh, was it the Quintesson Journal, where they're also dealing uh, weapons. Yes. 
Which is actually an extension of, uh, it's a continuation of Big Broadcast of 2006. Right, you're right. Gotta watch because the, the thing that they're trying to distract them over is actually the journal. Oh, okay, I gotta, gotta rewatch season three one of these days. A lot of uh, weird yeah, stuff in there. Season three is good. Season three is so good. I don't know why it's so good. It just is. Every, like, you know, that's... I mean, it's so I'm, weird. I'm sure I've gone on at some point about how Transformers didn't really... G1 was sort of uncertain as to what age it was really going for, and that was the season where it got, like, serious science fiction ideas. <laughs> Like, it decided it was going to be serious science fiction. Yeah, they got to do silly space stuff. Yeah, lots of space stuff. Wow. So, they get out, they, they pretty quickly take down, uh, the, uh, the, tw- the, uh, jet twins. No, my babies. And Sentinel and Jazz don't fare much better, but Sentinel does manage to send a message to uh, Optimus Prime. It is a broken lance situation. Yes. Oh, also, I'd like to point out that when Swindle frees them all, and, like, Lugnut says something about, like, working for Megatron, and Swindle gets, like, a little cha-ching sound. <laughs> so anyway, yes. And Broken this Lance. may also be a, a 90s action movie reference. Oh, Broken Arrow. Broken Arrow, yeah. which is a uh, 96 movie with John Travolta and Christian Slater. Why? It is, uh, terrible. <laughs> it is like, not. Like, Travolta's good. the villain, and he is hilariously overacting. Well, of course he yeah, is. That's uh, what he does. Does it, is that the one where somebody gets killed by a rocket on a train at the end? Yes, that's, yes. uh, Howie Long, the football player. Oh, oh right, no! The Howie Long screen. Yeah. And I think he also did those, uh, Radio Shack commercials with Terry Hatcher. Yes. Yes, yeah. he did. And uh, it's also noted as the origin of the Howie Long scream. <laughs> like, there's a particular scream that he... It was in movies prior to this. Uh-huh. Uh, where but it's, he does it And <laughs> Howie Long makes it after he gets shot off this train. And it has since be- become the Howie Long scream. Never. Which, I, I prefer that to the Wilhelm scream. The Wilhelm scream just is too overused and doesn't really sound... <laughs> Like a painful scream, like the, the Howie scream. I mean, the 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 goofy Yahoo is, is more appropriate than than the oh the know. the goofy holler. <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, I will also note that Broken Arrow is the unfortunately the origin for uh, Ain't It Cool News dot com. Aww. As there oh. is a line in the trailer where Christian Sl- Slater says, "John Travolta, you're insane." Yeah, ain't it cool? Uh, anyway, that movie is also bad, but it's definitely one that I watch when it's on TV. <laughs> and specifically, Broken Arrow is a military term referring to a missing nuclear weapon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, it's a broken lance situation, which Optimus Prime knows is code for Sentinel Prime is in trouble. Sentinel Prime is probably about to get caught doing something that he's not supposed to be doing, specifically. Yep. <laughs> yes. But luckily, um, 
the Decepticons decide not to just kill their hostages, which would probably be the smart thing, because uh, they could use them as a bargaining chip, and also they could sell their body parts. <laughs> yeah, wow. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, I mean, remember the the fate we thought was in store for Swindle at the end of the last one? So, yes. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I guess that's fair, but... What comes around goes around. Yeah, but still, <laughs> damn. So Earth receives this message there, you know, they're, and they they try and get, you know, they've got to get him on that ship somehow. And so with uh, once more Sari's weirdo knowledge of space bridge stuff, they find that there is a strange trans warp signature aboard the ship. <gasps> so they send Sentinel Prime to it, and he just comes out of Swindle's chest. Earth, Optimus. Optimus, yes. Optimus just <laughs> goes. Send Optimus, it's just. He just, he just comes climbs hand first, right out, out of, of his it. Just, like, and he, like, and like bulges first. at first, and then yeah, it's it's like I said, great, great visual gags. Yes, and uh, thankfully it is done pretty cartoonishly because if we were done seriously, it would be it would be a real Kuato situation. <laughs> Speaking of '90s action movies, <laughs> well, it's not like Kuato is Optimus Prime out, exploding just... out of uh, Swindle. Uh. Well, it's how bag of hol- bags of holding are like. You could put giant things in there, but it's this little sack. Yes. So, can you like remotely magic yourself into a bag of holding and then come out of it? Uh, there's ah. only a limited amount of air in a bag of holding traditionally, oh, okay. like an hour. So I see. So I mean, you either you can't get in, or you can't breathe long enough for it to be effective. Ah, like you can't hide in one. Just to escape, because well, who's going to open the bag up again anyway? You can't, like, stay there overnight, like... No. I forget there was a thing where you could make, like, a rope that you climbed into a little pocket dimension and stay overnight. Yeah, um... I forget what that is. Yeah, is, like, you have a rope that goes up to a thing. Or there's also, like, portable houses you can summon. Yes. But a bag of holding cannot be used as a portable house. No. <laughs> Man, I kind of like the idea of Swindle just living in his uh, storage dimension <laughs> during the during the off season. <laughs> well, Maybe how would he, he get does. inside himself? He somehow turns himself inside out. I mean, he could have a a separate thing that takes him to like, you know, a lobby that he can use to to access it in a much more sensible way. You know, he just goes in there one limb at a time, and then he just kind of pops in. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Prime gets there, and he is not going to just stick around and fight everybody. So he just zips down and goes uh, upstairs into, th- yeah, upstairs into the Energon storage chamber. Sentinel has such opinions about this. Yeah, he's like, hey, come back here and help us. I gave us. you an order. Coward. I gave you an order. It was an order. Follow my orders. And then it's here that we get into Die Hard, because he, he chops up a bunch of Energon cubes with his axe, uh, puts them in the uh, elevator, and then cuts the cable, and it's just the Die Hard exploding elevator bit. Yes. Yep. Except, I guess, with less cursing from Optimus Prime. <laughs> but, yeah, Optimus should have had a good, some kind of gag there. But I, I guess the, the, the obvious perfect joke, 
joke, yippee ki Motor Master doesn't work because Motor Master doesn't show up. I was going to say Mother Trucker. Mother Trucker. Because he's a truck. Yeah. Fire Trucker. (laughs) Welcome to the party, bots. Well, I mean, he's clearly seen Die Hard because immediately he goes into the, like, the, the ventilation system and he's all, oh, come to the coast. We'll have a few laughs. <laughs> it's like, okay, ventilation systems aren't that big in real life for people in movies, but this is a ventilation system large enough for a giant robot truck man. They need a lot of ventilation in that ship. Well, I mean, yeah. Why? They don't breathe! <laughs> but they're large. So if they did breathe... I, mean, I guess you want to get rid of exhaust fumes, but really? really? I mean, spoilers for later in the episode. No, they, they don't need to breathe. <laughs> no. Much like Batman, <laughs> they can breathe in space. <laughs> Which is also... Related to to earlier, I was like, no lug nut, don't poke on the ship. That's a bad idea. But then, you know, we'll get there. Yeah. So luckily the prisoners are now unguarded because Swindle was left to guard them, but he is instead stealing stuff from the weapons cache. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, he's got his priorities. Gotta look out for number one. I don't know what you expect from him. Yep. So Prime gets there and... In yet another action movie reference, he's dangling from, like, cables from the ceiling, like Tom Cruise in the first Mission Impossible. Yes. <laughs> well, he just kind of gets trapped in them when he comes out of the I mean, the it's ventilation. accidental, but I would say it's definitely <laughs> a Mission Impossible reference. Yeah. Yeah. That seems fair. So he gets them all out. They are, you know, not pleased that he did not follow those orders. Well... Sentinel is not pleased that he didn't follow his orders. No one else really cares, because yeah. no one else really cares about Sentinel's orders. Yeah. So the Decepticons come back, and Prime tells Jazz very loudly and conspicuously that you've got to rewire the decontamination unit and make it into a freezing chamber to trap the Decepticons, all the while his Autobot symbol on his shoulder is very loudly blinking. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I can translate it. It's, this is a plot point. <laughs> also, it wants me to drink my Ovaltine. Ah, it's codes, man. It's clever. So Jazz escapes to the bridge, but before anybody else can have much of a fight, Lugnut very unwisely uses the punch of kill everything. Uh in a indoors, and every but it just gets blasted into space. I mean, I got the impression that's what he was intending was to get them all blown out into space because then he's like, you know, saying the Autobots are defenseless out there because they can't fly. Except he forgot that two of them are little adorable precious babies who can fly. Well, he didn't know two of them could fly. Ah, yes, breach hull all die. Had it underlined <laughs> in everything. Yes. So indeed, the Jet Twins do indeed turn into Jets, and thus they can fight. As they do. They're so good. They're the best babies. So there's a fight. Uh, Prime uses his grapple and also Sentinel Prime as a projectile. 
and basically knocks Lugnut into oblivion. So he's just drifting off into space to die like George Clooney in Gravity. <laughs> oh, spoilers. You should have seen Gravity in the theater. I've yeah, I, I should have, but gravity. I didn't, so I don't need to, because if it's not in 3D, why? I think it might have been in 3D. That's kind of the point. I've already got issues with heights. Yes, it was in 3D. No, but I mean seeing it at home. Oh, I see. I mean, it's still good at home. And also, George Clooney is dead within like 20 minutes of that movie, so it's not a huge spoiler. Oh. Also, what spoiler. Is, is he I Mark cro- Hamill in The Giver? Uh, yeah, he turns into a giant cockroach. It was a strange, tra- strange turn for gravity. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, I wasn't expecting that from that movie. Also, spoilers for Gravity, I cried at the end. Aww. It's very emotional. I, I just wanted Sandy Bullock to get to Earth. I don't like heights. Maybe not your movie. Yeah, that's one of those things where I was like, just noping right through the trailers. Yeah. It's like, nope. Space is terrifying. Yeah, space is pretty terrifying. I, I, it should be like that old Ray Bradbury story where they, they show that to uh, astronauts in training and if you, if you, they, you know, they show it to you and say, you know, do you still want to be an astronaut? And they say, yes, you drag them off to the mental institution. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I should read more Bradbury. Uh, so anyway, Lugnut is gone, but, uh, then Blitzwing, uh, Mr. Freeze's Sentinel. And he says, you know, surrender, or I will, I guess, shatter him. Sentinel says, don't surrender. No, shoot him or something? Yeah, I guess he's got his, he's got his cannon, so he's gonna shoot him, and I guess he would probably shatter at that point. Yeah, well, I am holding kind him, of his head surprised. is out, he blow his head off. I'm kinda of surprised that Sentinel didn't buckle at that point. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, Sentinel does have some admirable qualities, despite being a total dick. He's mean to jazz. The, the way he is in this episode, why is he even saying don't surrender? Because the other option is, if you don't surrender, they're going to blow my head off. And, and he's telling him don't surrender. It's like, wait, what? I mean, he maybe is... He thinks it's a bluff, or maybe he is actually being heroic for yeah, a change. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that that's, that's what I like about Sentinel. If he were just, you know, despicable all the time, he'd just be getaway. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I feel bad for people who like to get away. I kind—I kind of like get away. I thought his toy was neat. <laughs> I'm glad I never owned his toy. Now, uh, too bad. I, I, He's I, a I, I've got that new one. Yeah, I got the new too one. I took bad. his head off, He's and I haven't cool. given it back. <laughs> Somebody else is wearing it. I like that. Uh, oh, I, like it right I like the idea of that. I like the idea of that as a punishment: taking their head away and not giving it back. <laughs> Yeah, uh, where did I put his? Oh, I think Overlord has his head now. Oh, in in, in one of his, in, in his uh, little chest holder torso drawers. <laughs> yeah, w- one is one is getaway, and the other one is is the screaming um nightbeat head. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Are we just continuing the confusion with his head and sirens? I don't. Speaking know. of Kuato, that's yeah. what they did. <sighs> anyway, so. They surrender. Optimus convinces the others to surrender because, hey, I've got a plan. Because Optimus has seen more than one movie. Yep. Yes. So they uh, they get to the bridge. They've already captured Jazz, and they put them all in this uh, like big tube. And they're all, hey, you shouldn't have uh, said that plan so loudly and conspicuously where we could obviously hear it. <laughs> so he turns it on, and oh, surprise, it's a Superman 2. 
(laughs) (laughs) I forgot about this part. (laughs) I mean, sadly, we do not see Optimus Prime using like a giant cellophane Autobot symbol. (laughs) Oh, that would be so good. To capture the other Decepticons. That really should be the power of some animated Autobot. (laughs) A giant cellophane Autobot symbol. Yes. Yeah, well, sort of Autobot force field. Sort of saran wrap. And then, and then all the Decepticons just get punched into a bottomless pit where they presumably die. Although I think in that Donner cut, there's a scene where they like get arrested. They've somehow yeah, called the, the police to the, the Arctic or possibly the Antarctic. I can't remember where the Fortress of Solitude is in those movies. No- North Pole. North Arctic. Pole. So I guess they called the Mounties. So the one with polar bears. The one with bears. Yes. The Arctic. Yeah, the, um, Shit, is it, isn't Ar- the word Arctic actually derived from its relationship to bears or something? Yes. Oh, that's right. <laughs> like, one, one has, one has bears, one is anti-has bears. Yes. One is away it, from bears. It has terrifying antimatter bears. <laughs> Man, that would be even better. One swipe from their claws and you cease to exist. Yeah. Ooh, that's a good D&D monster. <laughs> Antimatter bears. <laughs> I mean, it, it's it makes more sense than owl bears. Yeah, man, World of Warcraft is so full of owl bears. Well, owl bear is just like swapping a face. How did that even happen? <laughs> what do you mean? How did you cro- how did they cross owls Look, with bears? That- World of Warcraft involves a mythology in which a deer fucked the moon. So I'm just gonna. <laughs> I'm just going to let all of their stuff be whatever it is. So did that produce, like, a little moon with antlers? No, it produced a demigod, but... Okay. Yeah, well, dear god, dear gods are a classic thing, but, um... Okay, Owlbear, I have no idea what the true answer is. It's probably one of two things. Either it is based upon some old English myth, or somebody drew a weird bear and it's like, that kind of looks like an owl. Let's have a... Call it an owlbear. Curse you, Errol Otis. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, it's it's Superman two. All the all the Decepticons get frozen, uh, with the exception of Swindle, who has taken one of the ship shuttles, a bunch of their weapons, and is just piecing out of this episode. Wee! <laughs> he knows gone. when to get away. And yep. uh, yeah, that's it for Swindle on the show. He gets away. Yeah. Yeah. Good job. Well, it was a good open. It's like. Season three is being good about leaving openings for stuff for season four, of which there isn't. Yeah. yeah. This is a really good one. And yeah. unfortunately, that is also a wrap for Fred Willard on the show, who I forgot to mention earlier. And it is great because it's Fred Willard. Yes. Yeah. Oh, he's so good at being swindle. He's such a good swindle. Oh, yeah, and his last line is something about uh going on a shopping spree and then being free. Yes. The exact wording. Yes, how it's the best because down. it's all free. And he's also going to have enough to like retire to uh, the islands of Nebulos or something. <laughs> oh, yeah, he mentioned that earlier. Oh, there was there was another planet besides Quintessons and Nebulos. Oh, uh, was the other one. The, oh, were they like the like um Prime pops out of his chest and he's all what on the fifth moon of Pizzazz? <laughs> yeah, oh, that's what he said. I I guess I didn't. And that it. is like that the right. the film noir planet from that one Nightbeat issue. <gasps> it is. Oh, yeah. I I was that just issue. thinking that Pizzazz Pizzazz is the head of the Misfits. Oh right, 
the one with the green hair? I think so. With that issue. I love that issue. That is a great I issue. I love Bird of Prey. It's so good. So I'm curious, do those gem comics take place in the uh the IDW Hasbro universe? I don't think I'm going so. To I only got a few of them. I've been meaning no, to get the collection. No, because I don't think for instance Megatron at one point like took over the earth or you know various other plot points like that. I mean, I, I mean, you know, it's not like there aren't movies that happen in the real world that don't also mention 9-11. I mean, I guess, but yeah. I don't know. That's a good question. I, I don't think there's any explicit calls out, and I really should read those, because the first few issues I did read... Yeah, I'm looking at this, uh, this Hasbro wiki, and it appears that they do not take place in the Hasbro universe. Aw. Well, someday. Some, someday Soundwave will come over there. I mean, I mean, we're doing, you know, Transformers versus, versus, uh, Visionaries right visionaries. now, so. I assume they're just gonna <laughs> run through increasingly unpopular Hasbro, uh, properties from the 80s, probably next, ha- ha- um, Transformers versus Inhumanoids, Transformers versus oh, Robotics. But Gem is kinda popular. Gem, yeah. Gem is doing pretty well. That's as opposed true. to like, they've canceled the G.I. Joe comic a while ago. Oh, right, and well. they canceled Mask. I have a lot of feelings about G.I. Joe that can certainly be translated to mask. Basically, military stuff just isn't like a thing you can really sell toys on anymore. I mean, I, I don't know about mask because that was always, I mean, well, that was not. Mask is crazy. Yeah, it was just like a, a car that turns into a, an aircraft when you somehow put its gull wings up. Yeah. Yeah, really, Mask should just be like a subgroup of G.I. Joe. Wasn't that kind of what they were in the comics? Yes, they were. So yeah, that's the thing. And then I think Matt Tracker is a member of G.I. Joe now? Yeah, Yeah, something like that. G.I. Joe. Well, first there was the Matt Tracker toy in the G.I. Joe. Well, that was like three or four years ago. And now there's a new Matt Tracker who's black and people are angry. Who gives a shit? <laughs> All those people who love Matt Tracker. It's Mask. I, you can only care so Yeah, much. people who have strong feelings about Matt Tracker. Nobody has feelings about Matt Tracker. Of any no. sort. <laughs> I mean, apparently some did, but I mean, I'm going to guess they were primarily, like, more theoretical or, you know general than, yeah. than specific. Why did you give your son a little uh, R2-D2 knockoff that turns into a little Vespa, and so he can get in trouble all the time? Uh. I'm not sure if that's his son or his brother. Oh, <laughs> I don't... Thought, I always thought it was his son, because I watched Mask, I didn't really pay attention. Anyway, all I know about Matt Tracker is that Tracker's gonna lead the mission, and Spectrum's got such supervision. <laughs> <laughs> Good theme song. Anyway, so it turns out that uh, the, the that bleeping symbol was Cybertronian optical code, and it it, oh. it told Jazz what he really wanted him to do. What he wants, what he really, really wants. And since it was Jazz and not Sentinel, it was not go fuck yourself. Yes, which would be what he really <laughs> wanted Sentinel to do. Uh. Well, Sentinel wasn't paying attention, and, and we did, don't have an actual translation. It could be Jazz. Sentinel's an asshole. I got a better idea. Yeah, it, it could have been. So they they put the three remaining prisoners away. Um, Sentinel says, you know, there's still place for you in the 
elite guard, especially since I'm getting promoted. But Prime's got stuff left to do on Earth. Yep. He's still got important Earth business. Like doing Earth stuff. I don't know. I don't know. Angry archers acting up. Maybe. We're kind of out of Decepticons on this planet for the most part. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, yeah, I think for yeah. once there are actually literally no Decepticons on the planet. Huh. Well, good going. Good job, Autobots. And Lockdown. I mean, Waspmater and Black Arachnia are on Beast Wars oh, Earth. Ever. Um, I think... Yeah, I think... Th- oh, I guess... Um, uh, um, the Constructicons, but they're not really... Well, two of the Constructicons might be dead. <laughs> what? Oh, yes. And then, um, what's her name? Uh, Slipstream is around. Yeah. And I think we're finally going to see her in the next episode. Oh. Hmm. Anyway, She's so, uh. Being competent. So we're back on the Earth Space Bridge. They're, they can't seem to get Prime back, and Sari is once again volunteering to help, but that won't be necessary, uh, because that giant ship is literally right above them. <laughs> we don't need your help finding it. It's right yeah, there. How, how did that sneak up on you? Well, you know, if you're not looking up. Yeah, but you think um, some deck would have installed sensors at this point? Like, if something large is hovering over my giant spark plug, set off a loud alarm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's fine. Yeah, so, fine. So Optimus gets off the ship. They they both salute each other. It's very, like, end of an action movie moment. Yes. Yes, it <laughs> yeah, is. Well, it's Con Air, so. Yes, I mean, I... If they want to do one last action movie reference, they should have done the uh, Predator arm wrestling handshake. <laughs> Sentinel, you son of a bitch! <laughs> and back on Cybertron, it's victory parade time. Sentinel is parading his captives uh, aboard. Oh, oh. N- now I, I just want to hear David Kay say I'm a sexual Tyrannosaurus in Beast Wars Megatron's voice. <laughs> No. Ah, uh, yes. Continue. A bunch Sorry. of slack-jawed maggots around here. This will make you a sec- a goddamned sexual tyrannosaurus. Yes. <laughs> it will give you a big boost of confidence. <laughs> no. And yeah, they are being paraded on, uh, Grandis. Grandis and his uh, counterpart, Doug Bass. Yay! <laughs> well, he's based on uh, the Dag Bass from Brave. Oh, yeah. Who was a retool of Grandis. Dagwon, I yes. think. And Grandis, notable as a like very late Generation 1 uh, Japanese Transformer, who basically goes... His robot mode is basically a cube. Yes. I mean, he's a base, so, you know. Also, you will have to sell your firstborn for one. Oh, yes. <laughs> but, but back, back in the old days when it was only the 10th anniversary of Transformers the movie, you could get them for like a hundred bucks. Wow. You might be able to get a, get a, a, a dag base for a little cheaper. Yeah, yeah, you could probably get dag base for a little I'm not wow. sure where they get the dag from. Is that like, oh, dag? I have no idea. Well, it's from Dagwon. Oh. Uh, Brave command, Dagwon. Uh Fire Dagwon. All I, 
Oh, did I throw that out? I think I threw that out when I moved. I had a giant knockoff of Fire Dagwon. But sadly, I did not have the room to continue having things like that. And yes, there are so many cameos in this. Uh, Just listing them, we've got Tap Out. It's Overload. uh, Who is a BotCon original character. Yes. Uh, you got Carrera, who is, I believe, a, one of the South American, uh, cliff jumpers. Uh, yeah, I believe so. Oh, yeah, those things. Uh, you got Searchlight, who was a, uh, throttle bot. Yay! You got Flare Up, who was also a botcon character based on Firestar. Yeah, it was really, you know, oh, yeah. when this came out, it was really interesting seeing all the, the convention related things getting you know properly canonized uh, you also got Furao who is another uh, Portuguese guy or sorry uh, Brazilian guy Brazilian for ferret yes <gasps> I like ferrets <laughs> well this guy is <laughs> apparently that was Bumblebee's Brazilian name in the their translation of the Marvel comic huh interesting I like ferrets. They're so good. You got Freeway, who is another um, throttle bot. He was the one who is a who is a comedian who everyone hates. Yes. <laughs> I, when they had his weaknesses, his weaknesses that he laughs so hard at others' misfortune that he breaks himself. <laughs> what oh. an asshole! <laughs> you got Beachcomber, space hippie. Yay! Yeah. Got Red Alert, space who we saw in, on uh, among Rodimus's uh, pals. Yes, who is a girl now? Uh huh. Got Huffer, who oh, is a uh, who, well, well, is one of the Mario. Brothers. Yes, he's one of the Mario <laughs> brothers. Yes, <laughs> it's him and Pipes. Uh, is Pipes Luigi in this one? Uh, let me see. What does Pipes look? I mean, they both kind of look like Mario. Uh, well, when I'm slightly taller. Yeah, I know. Pipes, Pipes is the Luigi. Yes. Yeah, but is he in the crowd scene? Uh, apparently, no. He he never actually appears on the show. Oh. Ah. Like, they made his uh, character model, but, and he showed up in the later comics, but he did not show mm. up on the show. So you just have to assume that he's Luigi. Well, no, I guess you do get the actual art for the model. Mm-hmm. So you do yeah. get to see that he is in fact Luigi. Yes. Uh you got pow- you got Power Glide, who does not turn into a apparently he's a pilot, so he does not actually turn into a an air vehicle. Aw. I guess that makes sense. Yeah, it kinda looks like he has sort of tank treads for shoulders instead of the wing things. Yes. You've got Sea Spray, who hilariously has like a robotic inner tube around his waist. Yes! <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I, he never actually talks, but I assume he just sounds like um, uh, Wade the Duck from U.S. Acres. <laughs> I guess. Uh, you got that, or just SpongeBob or Patrick? You got Rattletrap, who's going to be in the next episode. Oh yeah, he has a weird name. Yeah, he's uh, just Rat Trap, sort of. I mean, he's kind of Rat Trap. He's got like the the teeth and the color scheme. I uh, got Hotshot again from that team. You got Rosanna, 
who is, I believe, from Kiss Players. Uh, yeah, uh, she, well, she's like from a, some Japanese a set of cassettes that they did that were designed, I think, by some, like, pop idols. Well, they were designed oh, by their, right. by their, vo- by a bunch of voice actresses from the Kiss Play radio drama. Ah. Ah, yeah. Why? Why but, was there a Kiss Play radio drama? Well, radio dramas are a step above well so manga manga gets popular or light novel have radio drama eventually get anime of course it wasn't gonna get any anime but it's it's a weird sideways thing that always confuses me do they still do like, like people old, listen to the radio do they still do like old-timey sound effects <laughs> and is there organ music playing i've only ever heard like one or two and, and one was like a christmas album sort of radio drama thingy uh speaking of kiss players we've also got uh uh, some auto troopers. Yes, and we'll see those again Yay. in the next episode. But yes, and they actually got uh, toys in a later convention set. Yes. Yep. And they the actually kind of version. have a cool design. I guess they're one of the only redeeming things to come out of Kiss Play. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they are fruit of the poison tree. Yes. Uh, you got, uh, we've got, uh, Mainframe and Warpath, both of whom we've seen before. We got Cosmos, who is Yay. morbidly obese. Aww. And apparently he's more like a moon buggy and not a spaceship. Aww. Yeah, cause you can't have flying Autobots in this series except for the two new kids. And, uh, finally, we have, uh, for your Corvette enthusiasts, uh, Trax. Yay! Yay! Oh, oh right, I forgot about my favorite part of Cosmos. He has warp nacelles on his shoulders. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he says, you know, so anyway, uh, Sentinel is glorying in all this attention. He says, you know, people of Cybertron, I'm your new Magnus. That's how it's gonna be. And Perceptor and Alpha Trine, who are also at this parade and not crazy about it at all. Eh. Like, also- this this is, he I think, calls- where the uh, arrested, or where the um, curb your enthusiasm music starts playing. <laughs> <laughs> They're both doing kind of Larry David. He he calls Shockwave a traitor, which I have a semantic issue with. Yeah, he's really uh, he's yeah. less a traitor and more a double agent. Yeah. Or a, or a yeah, mole. If, you, if you'd call Longarm a traitor, it'd make sense, but calling him Shockwave, it's like, no, it's, he's a Decepticon. Uh, he didn't betray anyone, he just fooled you all. Yes. Yeah. But hey, that's not the end of the episode, because <gasps> Omega Supreme warps <laughs> into place where Lugnut is floating here in space like this. <laughs> and he just gets splattered on the windshield like a bug. Yes. <laughs> and Starscream, uh, of course, does not want them to pick up any hitchhikers, and Megatron just smacks him. <laughs> just knocks him over because, of course, he is just ahead. <sighs> and uh, that is the episode. <gasps> Yay! I like that episode. It was yeah. fun. I mean, you know, I love 80s action movies, and this was the action moviest of all Transformers episodes. Yes. Also, it's like, it's a different format. It's like, pretty much just Optimus and everybody on the spaceship. Except for the beginning of the episode. Yes, it's like, a, it's like Optimus' solo episode. 
Yeah. So that's preparing that. for that uh, solo Optimus spinoff. <laughs> and showing that Jazz is the most competent Autobot. Yes. Don't. He set up the whole Superman 2 thing. Jazz, he's so good. Yeah, why is he not a prime? Uh. Man, he probably just didn't want to be. Well, yeah. I'm gonna say racism. Yeah, I'll I'll go with that. I'll go with racism. We can't promote ninjas to the level of um prime. <laughs> just racism. Uh, just not uncomfortable, uncomfortable silence. <laughs> <laughs> well, how else would you be racism? It's like he's trained as a ninja. Yeah. That's the only thing that makes him stand out, really. I guess the problem is that jazz doesn't sound good with prime. Jazz Prime just Not sounds really. like a uh, like a satellite radio station. Yeah. Well, Jazz Prime sounds better than Jazz Minor. <laughs> well, thank you for tuning into Jazz Prime. <laughs> yeah. And Jazz Magnus does not. Coming work. up next. <laughs> Jazzness. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so yeah, no, it is a fun episode. Um, uh. We are getting real close to the end of Animated, and we've got some loose ends to wrap up. And this wraps up a couple of them. This is the end for Swindle, uh, Ramjet, Sunstorm, and Blitzwing. Alas. Oh. Oh. Yeah, no, those guys are just in Autobot jail, and they're staying in Autobot jail. Oh, no. Yeah, so that is... That is it for this episode. You can find us all over the internet. We are on Facebook, we are on Twitter, and we are on Tumblr. And we are hosted on iconundergroundnet.net. There's a dot in there somewhere. Uh, where we have a Patreon set up, uh, where you can hear us talking this month about The Last Jedi. I know, imagine that. <laughs> yes, like everybody else. <laughs> that is a Patreon. Everybody else is not talking about Bright. Ugh. Why is everybody talking about Bright? Don't watch Bright. I mean, it, because, you know, it's a, it's kind of a big movie that people are talking about, but it's also easily accessible to anybody with a Netflix account, but. Yeah, uh, don't don't support um Max Landis people. Ooh, yeah, mm. that's right. That's that Max Landis thing. I'm not He's a proven he's a thoroughly bad person. Yeah, hmm. he's not great. Anyway, you can find that on Icon Underground or patreoncom underground. I'm good at words tonight. That's right. I'm just hey, wording it's, it's things all up. 2 hours and something minutes of us rambling about how much we love Jedi's. It's almost as long as the actual movie. Yeah, it actually yeah, is, which is kind of crazy. We were chatty. Good job, us. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. It was fun. But we did pick apart a few things, but mostly, mostly. Good yeah, stuff. and uh, so, and if you want to write into us, please uh, get right into the Maxim mailbag at stasispodcast at gmail.com. And of course, join us next week when we finally learn... That this is why I hate machines. <laughs> so until then, I'm Rob Cyrus the Virus London. <laughs> I'm Jen, and I didn't think anything very clever for this, but I really like 2012. My hair, I guess, is receding like Nick Cage's, but not as much. I'm David. <laughs> well, you need, you need to get the glorious flowing mullet that he has in that movie. I had that for a while. No. Yeah, I may go with something a little short, like uh, like the Rock era Nick Cage. <laughs> mm-hmm.
I'm going to be on my timeline soon to be talking about this new Devil Man, which I guess is on Netflix. Oh, it's new Devil Man? The, the super gay Devil one? Man Crybaby, which, not a great title. <laughs> uh, on its surface, no. It works in the show, but yeah, it's not really... There are a lot worse anime titles that make less sense. It's, uh, I don't like it. I don't hate it, but I don't like it. 